Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series, which I do in conjunction with David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN. We take a look at the white paper published by LRN entitled, What's the Tone at the Very Top? The Role of the Board of Directors in Overseeing Ethics and Compliance. It's clear with each new headline, there's a crisis in corporate leadership. You name the scandal. Me Too, retaliation against those who speak out, unrealistic financial targets, and pressure to meet them, toxic workplace cultures. But what about uh, each one of these questions raises the larger question of where was the board? So what's the tone at the board and what are corporate boards doing? In this special five-part series, we take a look at why tone at the top is so important, understanding and game planning uh, for your board of directors, why CCOs do not have enough time and enough depth with the board, what are the metrics uh, that a board should be looking at, and how should boards hold senior management accountable, and finally, what's the road ahead? It's a fascinating exploration of a very timely topic I know you'll enjoy this special five-part podcast series. This special five-part podcast series on the role of the Board of Directors in a best practices compliance program is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. In episode five, our concluding episode, we consider the road ahead. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN, in our five-part exploration of what's the tone at the very top. Today, in episode five, our fifth and final episode, we're going to take a look at the road ahead. So, David, first of all, uh, welcome back. Glad to be here. So, David, um, the uh, LRN report that we've been discussing had some recommendations about steps to be taken. And I was just wondering if one, if you could start off by taking us through those and then, of course, lay on uh, to it your uh, prior expertise, both in the compliance function and as a current sitting board of director on a public company. Sure. I mean, I'd say the big picture is that um, many, many companies need a complete reboot on how to oversee ethics and compliance. It ought to start with an examination of what good looks like and then how to apply that in each company's circumstances. Um, It ought to answer the following questions. One, how can we create more urgency and priority in the company for doing the right thing? What can we as a board do on that? Second, how do we let the... CEO and his or her team know this is a top priority and how we expect to hold them accountable for getting stuff done. Um, And as a side note, we also ought to ask something we often don't ask, which is what might the compensation committee's role be in sending the right signals? Next, how should we as a board be trained and gather experience and expertise and perspective in our oversight responsibilities? Should we ask the chief ethics and compliance officer to help us? Should we seek some outside expertise? 
how do we get our mind and heads around how we ought to operate as a board in this area? Um, and all of that involves how do we get to a strategic approach to ethics and compliance oversight and our ethics and compliance initiatives in the company? How do we adopt meaningful metrics that will produce results and be important and forward-looking, not backward-looking? Tactically, we need to ask ourselves, what's the right group at the board level to oversee ethics and compliance? Is the traditional default to the audit committee always the right answer, or is the audit committee um, so strapped that we need to think about another approach? Um, how do we create a genuine relationship with the chief ethics and compliance officer and his or her team so that they have the right chops, the right support, and the right resources to get this bigger job done. Um, we need to have more frequent interaction with that team. We need to have executive sessions, um, even if they're only 30 seconds, at each relevant committee or board meeting. We've got to think about how to elevate the stature of the chief compliance officer and the function so that it's respected in the company. Um, we have to do a deeper dive on company culture and the underlying drivers that may produce misconduct. Um, I think if we you know, can get our minds around those questions as a board and develop a point of view about how we execute against them or expect the company to execute against them, we will have made some real progress. David, in, in certainly both of our professional careers, which I'm going to assume yours is, is close in length to mine, we've seen, I think, a, a fairly significant change in not simply what a board of directors is being asked to do, but how a corporation thinks of its share, excuse me, its stakeholders and the corporate um, responsibility uh, literally across the globe in not only the way uh, they sell and market products, but how they treat their employees and how they interact throughout. Uh, it seems to me that the the road ahead for board based on uh, how much it's changed over the just the years in this century, it's going to continue to change. If if you do accept that as a premise, how can we help boards uh, to understand not only to be more nimble and to respond to these changes, but how can the people that report to them give them the information that allows them to fulfill that oversight role? Well, look, if, if boards have to step up um, to uh, a broader set of challenges, a broader set of stakeholders, um, and, you know, kind of broader expectations from the public, then the people who are leading functions that relate to that, like ethics and compliance, need to step up themselves. So I, I'd say, apart from everything else we've talked about in terms of the board, the chief compliance officers have to ask themselves some hard questions about whether their strategy and approach actually meets sort of 21st century expectations. Um, and I think if you take a hard look at 
a lot of what we in the ethics and compliance community do now and have done in the past, it really doesn't measure up. Um, we're not taking on sort of the broader issues of culture and behavior and how you influence it in the right direction and, you know, how you help a company um, meet these growing expectations. Um, it may not be things that you can do completely on your own as a function, but teamwork and collaboration in companies in the 21st century is obviously, um, you know, something that's indispensable. And if we're sitting in our silo, only thinking about the things that we thought about, you know, 10 years ago in looking, say, at the federal sentencing guidelines and how you set up uh, a compliance and ethics function, we're, we're really missing the biggest picture. David, I wanted to follow up on one of the points you made, uh, not only in this episode, but in an earlier episode, uh, which is perhaps rethinking the not so much the structure of the board, but perhaps the structures of committees. And you specifically called out the com compensation committee as a committee that uh, actually uh, may have a, uh, a significant part to play in the board's oversight. But I wondered your thoughts on, uh, I, I have advocated that a company should have a separate compliance committee separate and apart from audit. And I wanted to ask you, based upon your experience, what your thoughts were on that point? Listen, I think um, most, of the, most of the important answers are not purely structural, right? We've had a debate in the compliance community for ages about should chief compliance officers report to general counsel? Should they report to CEOs? Should they report to boards? And my answer to that and my answer to the question about boards is how do you help put the objectives of integrity, ethics, and compliance and doing the right thing into the center of the business? Um, whatever structure in a company allows a proper time, attention, and priority focus depth um, on ethics and compliance and doing the right thing is the right answer for that company. So I think we shouldn't start from the question of structure per se. We should start from the point of view of, of what good looks like in terms of board sending the right signals and the right tone from the top. Um, and in lots of companies, I can see that involving, you know, a shift in committee jurisdiction. I can see that in almost all companies having an impact on the way the compensation committee does its work. Um, I, I sit through, as a member of audit and corporate governance, I also sit through comp committee meetings and at the right moment talk about how to, whether and how to incorporate ethics and compliance and integrity and doing the right thing into the objectives for the company and the accountabilities of the senior officers. And, and I think, you know, however you can get that perspective on the table and however you can get the right time and energy devoted to this is the right answer for that, for that board. 
Well, David, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me over this special five-part episode, and frankly, can't wait to continue the conversation. Great, Tom. Really enjoyed it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our special five-part podcast series on what's the tone at the very top, boards and compliance, with David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN. We're going to link to this report in the show notes, so check it out. It's chock-packed with lots of great information. I hope you will join us again for another episode of this special five-part podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.